We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division One ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Riley Davis here with the Field of 68, and on today's episode of Off the Carousel, I'm joined by new East Carolina coach Mike Schwartz. Schwartz comes to ECU from Rick Barnes' staff at Tennessee, where he served as the associate head coach over the last few seasons, and we're excited to have him on the program today, so thanks for being on, Coach. How are you doing today? Doing great, Riley. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Doing fantastic. Uh, We've made it to the month of May after a pretty hectic first five to six weeks, uh, but doing doing awesome and glad to be joining you. Yeah, well, thanks. I, I can only imagine how hectic it is making the move, not just changing locations with your family and everything, but also taking on this, this title as the head coach for the first time in your career. But before we get into that a little bit, there's one question that I know the people out there are waiting on, and it's, have you had the barbecue in Greenville yet? And if so, what are your thoughts? Yes, I have had it. And we've had multiple uh, different restaurants that have all been fantastic. Um, Coach Barnes let me know right away going there how good it was. And I had been fortunate enough actually to go through recruiting a few times in in the eastern part of the state. And we had stopped at a couple of his favorite places, uh, Parker's Barbecue being one of them. But honestly, I, I tell you, Riley, there's about three or four places we've been as a staff We went there the first three nights that we were there. Uh, We went as a coaching staff every single night to the same place. But 
there it, it is really it is really delicious to be honest with you and uh i don't see us stopping going there anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm a north carolinian so i'm very passionate about barbecue love the eastern style big fan of the uh the vinegar based and mm-hmm. i'm in durham and there's some good places here but i know there's there's nothing quite like being in the, the actual eastern part of the state in greenville and had some good decent to good barbecue in knoxville tennessee before where i know you've been at but uh yeah. loved it loved it great great out there too was but you, like you said uh, there is something authentic about it and, and the, the unique thing riley is there's probably three or four different uh restaurants that are all really good um and they all have that specialty like you said whether it's the barbecue, the pulled pork or the pulled chicken or uh, another one just opened up the other night and brought brisket to it. So uh, it's been good. And the staff likes it. We use it for official visits, too, which has been uh, really cool. <laughs> there you go. Can't beat that. Uh, well, as much as I could talk about barbecue, I do want to hear some about your coaching journey. So we'll transition the questions a little bit. But first, I wanted to say on, on my behalf and on behalf of the Field of 68, congrats on landing your first head coaching job. Uh, it's an awesome milestone. And just wanted to ask how, how you would describe your emotions upon starting this new role. Well, it, it, it is something that I was so excited about for a long time. Uh, in terms of hopefully having an opportunity to do it. You never take it for granted, Riley. You never just assume it's going to happen. There's different points. This will be starting my 24th season of Division I coaching in some capacity. So um, you never assumed it was going to happen, but you always were very uh, hungry for it to happen and excited and looking forward to the opportunity if and when it did. And so uh, when I got the opportunity this spring, uh, late March, and when the NCAA tournament completed for us at Tennessee, you know, the best way to describe it is I look at it like a opportunity of a lifetime. I really do. Um, and it just feel so fortunate to have this chance to be here as the head coach. And um, it's so much bigger than just me having this chance. There's so much that goes into it. But but the best way to say it is I just feel very fortunate and look at it like the opportunity of a lifetime. And that's how I'm going to approach it every day and every morning. Yeah, absolutely. And h- how did this process unfold with you getting the offer for to, to come coach at ECU? Yeah, you know, it was really, it happened fairly quickly. Uh, We were in the SEC tournament and, um, you know, that was my first contact uh, with with East Carolina and with John Gilbert, the AD, and I had a chance to speak with him. Uh, I think it was after our first game uh, in the SEC tournament, we were getting ready to go play in the semifinals the next night. And uh, then from there, it happened pretty quick. We we had a semifinal game. Uh, We were fortunate enough to, beat Kentucky that night. Then we went into Sunday and we played in the SEC championship against Texas A&M. Uh, one of the all time great memories that I will have in coaching, winning an SEC championship there was just so cool to be there. Most importantly for coach Barnes and for the university of Tennessee and the fan base, but all the players to share that with them. And when, uh, when we, when I arrived back into Knoxville that night, um, John, the uh, athletic director at ECU, John Gilbert and Caroline Bevelard, uh, the uh, senior women's associate AD had driven to Knoxville and I had a chance to meet with them face to face and basically got right off the plane and went right to a hotel and we met and we met for about four, four or so hours uh, about it. And then it was, uh, it's almost surreal looking back on it, just thinking about how it played out. But uh, yeah, that was it. It was, it was basically the end of the SEC tournament is when it all started. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure the Vols fans will always be able to look back on that that run you mentioned as well, with that being one of your greatest memories, because it wasn't that you just, 
you know, beat Texas A&M in the championship. Y'all punish them, a, a team hungry to, to get in the tournament. And that's a, a great way to go out with one of your final memories there. But, you know, you mentioned you've been in this profession now 24 years. And as you look back at, at this whole career that you, you formed, like through coaching, how did you first even get into coaching? Well, it, it, it's funny that it, it happened. I always knew I wanted to be a coach. And when I first went and played Division II basketball at a high school, uh, I really wanted to chase the dream of playing Division One. And through a very unique process that we could probably spend a whole nother uh, interview speaking about and the conversation talking about, I had the chance to walk on uh, for Coach Barnes at Texas um, my senior year. And after my senior year, right after the NCAA tournament, you know, he gave me an opportunity to begin working towards coaching. I mean, literally the, the day after uh, we lost in the first round to Purdue uh, in Boston. And the next day when we got back to Austin, I was in the film room watching film. And, you know, he had just given me that opportunity to be around. And so that whole spring, I had a chance to just kind of get get in it a little bit. And I knew I wanted to do it, but there was obviously, as you know, and you've spoken with so many coaches, there is no path that is guaranteed. There is no direction where you say, if you do this, you're going to be able to do this. So I just was doing it open-ended, not knowing where it would lead to. And that summer I had a chance to stay in Austin all summer. I just graduated and long story short, uh, he gave me the opportunity to be the first graduate assistant at the university of Texas under him. And so that is where the GA program graduate assistant program started for him at Texas. Wow. And I got a chance to do that and uh, just ran from it from there. So you were the first ever at Texas or the first ever under Barnes or. You know what? I, 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 I definitely know because he has, he has made mention of this, that I was the first graduate assistant for him at the university of Texas, uh, whether wow. he had one at Clemson or Providence, you know, I just don't know from that. So I wouldn't want to speak of that, but he has mentioned it many times that, uh, that I was fortunate enough to be the first GA for him at the University of Texas. The year I played for him, we didn't have a GA. So transitioning from that spring to that summer into the fall, uh, it was, again, I guess I could look back and that that was really the opportunity of a lifetime to do that. Yeah, it sounds like Coach Barnes has played a pretty huge role and a big influence on you just in your entire coaching career. But as you look back specifically to these last uh, last few years on staff at Tennessee, is there, is there, what, what's the biggest lesson you learned about coaching from, from Rick Barnes? Boy, if I could just put that into one thing, it would, you know, that, that would be really difficult. Uh, I owe him everything, to be honest with you, Riley, I owe him everything. He's a father figure to me. He's the ultimate professional mentor to me, but he's also a personal mentor to me. And that just was, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to be with him in so many stages uh, as a player, as a young coach, as a, you know, I had a chance to be the video coordinator for him for two years after I left and went to Long Beach State for a year. I came back and it was a year we went to the final four and then we went to the Sweet 16. So I was a little growing, but still young. And then I went away for many years and then I came back as a much more experienced coach and had a chance to learn from him over the last six years. So there's so many things throughout the course of my basketball career uh, prior to coaching and then now to have this opportunity to be a head coach that it's just so much that I've learned from him. But, uh, you know, one of the things that pertain to this opportunity at ECU was he always told me, he said, Mike, what's more important than anything is who you work for and who you work with. He said that is really as important as anything. And I've learned so many small lessons from him in terms of 
obviously the basketball side and program management side and things that I will do everything I can to replicate uh, at ECU. But the thing that got me so excited about ECU was John Gilbert and the leadership there in terms of who you work for and who you work with. And he always said that to me. And uh, it's something that uh, even makes me feel more uh, fortunate about to have this chance um, at, at East Carolina. Yeah. And I think it's clear, even looking at your, your tenure before Tennessee, you've had, had success at pretty much every stop you've been at, at Tulsa, at Fresno state at Miami. And I know, especially the, these past five years, I read that coach Barnes appointed you as his defensive coordinator and sort of the architect behind that stingy volunteers defense. And I wanted to read a few numbers for the viewers and the listeners. So for those that didn't know the under your tenure as the defensive coordinator, the Vols ranked top 10 in Kim Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency. Three of those five seasons, they ranked top 20 in two-point percentage and in, in defensive two-point percentage also in three of those five seasons. And, and UT ranked top 30 in block percentage in all of those seasons. And so with, with all that being said, Coach, what is it about your defensive schemes? As, as you look to ECU, what is it about your defensive scheme that makes points at the basket so hard to come by and that, that makes life so difficult for your opposition? Well, the first thing I'd say to that is uh, obviously Coach Barnes mentality. And you asked about what I've learned from him. And he's always been a defensive minded coach uh, all the way back to George Mason from Mason to Providence, Providence, Clemson, Clemson, Texas, Texas to Tennessee. So that's always been at the core of who Coach Barnes is with other things. But defense has always been paramount for him. So I was just very fortunate to be in that role and have an opportunity to run with that and where he trusted me with saying we are going to, what his vision is, we're going to execute it or attempt to teach and execute it every day. So I feel very fortunate for that. The other thing is we had great players at, at Tennessee. We had players that were able to not only mentally execute everything we wanted to do in terms of the schemes and what we wanted, but physically we're able to do things like whether it's pressure of the basketball, whether it's challenge shots at the rim, what we called confrontations, whether it's make fix it plays, plays where things don't always work the way we want them to as coaches, but players athleticism or effort is able to fix those things. So, you know, the players and coach Barnes vision and everything played such a huge role. But with that being said at ECU and what we established at Tennessee uh, during that time frame was we are going to try to do everything we can do to make the offense uncomfortable. And that's no guarantee we can do that, but it will be emphasized and it will be one of our goals that we want to make the ball uncomfortable. It is really important for us to try and make the opposing point guard uncomfortable where during that 40 minutes or whatever it takes that game that they come out of it saying they knew it was a challenge for them. It was a challenge for them, whether it was initiating offense, whether it was plays at the basket, things moving the basketball, challenging passes, challenging catches. And that's not the technical aspect of uh, the defensive scheme because there are some very, what we call heat points in the defense where we want to make it more difficult for the offense. But in general, it is a 94-foot man-to-man defense that is going to try and disrupt and make the opposing point guard and the ball uncomfortable. And that's kind of the foundation of it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned making the other team uncomfortable. There's one like really vivid memory I have of watching UT basketball. I want to say it was in the 2018-2019 season when the Vols played Gonzaga and Phoenix, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, just mm-hmm. two physical, I mean, just behemoth type dudes. 
And I just remember watching guys like Rui Hachimura and Petrashev on Gonzaga. You could tell by the end of the game this look of exhaustion on their face. That's like I, I got to keep going against just these these absolute studs. Like, well, you know what? And and that was such an awesome game. I mean, that's another great game. They were ranked number one in the country. We're in Phoenix, like you said, and it was. Um, we had another player on that team that uh, Eve Pons that ended up being the SEC Defensive Player of the Year the next year, uh, his junior season, but he was a sophomore that year. And yeah, I mean, such obviously Gonzaga and coach few and their program. So it's such a great program and so many talented players on the court that day, but it, you kind of alluded to something Riley, and it is something that we want to do. We have this mentality, at least at Tennessee we did, and we are going to do everything we can to put a carbon copy of that with the defense at ECU is we want to try and wear the opposing point guard down. We want to try and wear the opposing team down for that game. I don't think anything we do in that game is going to carry over to the next game and anything that would, but that's got to be our goal. And, and the one thing that we are going to look at it like at ECU is this, that there's a lot of varying offensive talent levels and so much to put in the ball in the basket, great shooters, great finishers, you know, just natural ability. But the one thing that you should be able to do is whether it's in the SEC the AAC, a, a different conference, is the defensive effort, the defensive mindset should be exactly the same. And, and that's going to be our approach. So whether it's Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, and Eve Pons physically trying to impose uh, their will on a team defensively and trying to disrupt the other team's offense, whoever it may be in a pirate uniform, we feel we should be able to demand and ex have the same expectations. And we're going to do that. And that's just going to be at the core of our program. Yeah. That's what I would definitely say to, to all the ECU fans out there is you got, you got a physical defense to look forward to and one that yeah, it sounds like you definitely have the vision that you're going to, you're going to implement in Greenville. And I got to ask you, you mentioning Eve Ponds. Is there, is there any type of player that you've like that, that maybe fits that framework on ECU right now? Is there any players you're saying, man, now that, now that they get, they're in our, our staff, they're in our development program, like AAC better watch out. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say that in terms of anybody having to watch out. I think we got to build <laughs> this thing right now. We got it. We got to get our, our, our culture, right. We got to get our program, right. Our defensive mentality, right. But we're really excited about the, the, the uh, five to six guys that have stayed on uh, that decided that they wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then we're really excited about the seven players that have signed so far. Um, we do think, you know, we went out knowing how we want to play defense, knowing what kind of offensive game plan we want to have in terms of transition and playing the, the style of play that we want as a coaching staff. So we tr obviously tried to build uh, a roster that's conducive to that. Um, and athleticism and, and explosiveness on both ends of the floor is something that goes hand in hand with that. So we are excited about some of the uh, some of the pieces that are there that not only whether it's returning or new guys coming in. But but I'll be honest with you, Riley, we haven't had a chance. We only had an opportunity to work for four weeks and it was not X's and O's based. It really wasn't just to be totally frank with you. It was. It was four weeks of workouts that was much more conditioning based, culture based, and what the expectation of our program is going to be when we step in between the lines and also when you're off the court. And that's really what the four weeks that we had an opportunity to be together uh, in Greenville was about. You know, we had to stop workouts two weeks ago because of finals. 
Uh, so, you know, we really only had the month of April, about three weeks in April. So it turned into four weeks worth of workouts because uh, we got at the end of the first week that I was there. But, you know, so, you know, I think the summer is something we're really excited about. And we'll get to see individual talent or individual players that could fill roles like that. But if, if we get someone that's uh, half of what Eve Pons was for at, at Tennessee in terms of defensively, we're going to be okay. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you have quite the culture being built in ECU. Look forward to watching you all this year. Best of luck the rest of the offseason as you move into your first your first full season, Coach. So appreciate your time. Riley, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much. All the best to you.